0: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: It is a brand new world out there. For 2020, it appears as though fans will not be allowed in many sports facilities across the world. And so that obviously changes the entire atmosphere inside of a stadium, but also changes the atmosphere for all of us watching at home. This is all things crowds. I got my buddies here with me, Jack Collinsworth. Hello, Jack. Good to see you again. Got Corey as well, Corey Robinson. So guys, the Bundesliga, let's get right into it. They uh, They have experimented with this. Fox Sports 1 was the first American large broadcaster to pump in a significant amount of of crowd noise. So I heard it. I didn't hate it. Corey, what'd you think? <laughs> You're ambivalent about it. Yeah. I, I mean, from my perspective,
0: I think it's an improvement. You know, I mean, it's either crickets or crowd noise. So for me, like I've played in empty arenas, uh, and that's just called a call practice. And it's not very much fun for anyone involved. And I played in front of crowd noise at Notre Dame, they actually used to pump in, especially when we had a big game. So we would play like Michigan, or we'd go to Clemson. And they say, this is what's going to sound like and they blared over the speakers. So like I've played in those environments, and it does add something it's better than, you know, listening to like the garbage trucks drive by and stuff. But look, yeah. I think at the end of the day, it's an improvement. And that's all we can ask for, right? It's just eventually every day getting better.
1: It actually, Jack, wasn't terrible because the audio engineer did a good job. They had just the hum and the murmur of the crowd playing throughout the whole game. And then when the home team would score, they'd ramp up some cheering and ramp it down. And when the away team would score, it'd be some jeering and ramp it down. It was kind of scary and how realistic it actually sounded.
2: I hate it. There you go. I hate it. Uh, I think authenticity is all that should matter. And I, I very quickly take myself out of the abstract and put myself into the what would it look like inside of a production truck. So what are we going to do? Have somebody sitting there with the interception button, with the touchdown button, with the home team button, with the away team good play button, with the sack on third down button? Like, And how many different ways can you try to recreate this? It's a little different with a sport like soccer. I guess you have a goal button and a goal (laughs) button. I don't know what the hell else you'd have. There's so many different cheers in football, and the first time they mess it up, the first time it doesn't sound right, you're dead. That you yeah. lost all trust with fans, and for that reason alone, feels artificial artificial. There it. was
1: one thing, there was one part of it. So when the away team scored, there were some jeers and murmurs, and it did sound like an upset fan base, but it was funny <laughs> because it lasted for about 15 seconds and then went right back into those chants that the, the soccer uh crowds normally do. And so that yep. seemed fake. I'm I think I I side with you, Jack, in that this is an opportunity to do something completely different. We don't need to, it's certainly comforting to hear the crowd noise. Cause that's what we've always heard as a sports fan, mm-hmm. but this really is an opportunity to do, to do something a little bit different and experiment because it, it you're right. It's fake. There's no fans there. They're not making that loud noise. But I, I mean, I gotta say, I think it's an interesting
0: opportunity. If you get, especially in you know, German soccer and premier league soccer, you can engage the fans who can't actually attend the game. The big clubs that are raucous for their teams and their clubs and say, Hey, come over and we'll record like a studio session of you guys doing all your cheers. That way it feels authentic. You involve the community and the fans feel like they actually have a, a voice now. Um, and then the, you know, it actually is real. People do, you know, it's not just like, like a, like a random voice clip of just like, you know, a studio noise. It's actually your fans cheering for you. That could be interesting.
2: Yeah. Well, The whole point of the crowd is to mask, you know, the, the team's ability to communicate right? That's especially specifically to football. That's the point of the crowd. Make it hard for the offense to communicate. So if you're on the road, you can't talk to your receivers. You can't get the snap count. You can't talk to your offensive lineman. You can't change the play at the line of scrimmage, all those things. So what I think we should be doing is saying, so if we we can't have a masking of communication, like we typically would have in a game that has 80,000 people in attendance, why don't we just put the spotlight on the communication that we can now hear? open up the mics XFL, this thing, go all access, delay it further, but let everybody hear everything. And th- then the broadcasters have them talking about specifically what they're hearing and what that means. That to me is way cooler than a, a light murmur buzz that we recorded <laughs> two weeks ago and then played it. Underneath Jack, the that's
0: no offense, Jack, but I think that would be almost like, do you remember um, the film Phil Mickelson was talking to Tom Brady and kind of explaining all like the geeky parts of golf like, that's almost like Phil Nye, a Bill Nye, the science guy. kind loved of it. Like, nerdy. I loved you know, it. Like, you know, I love it. I don't it. know, man. I, I feel I like the it. average fan doesn't want to hear, like, you know, Trash Buffalo Talk.
2: Two. Buffalo 2 would be like coming through. Like, yes, hey, they get, do. Get, 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 get.
0: I don't know, man. It's, it's not yes, being do. in the middle, but it, it's not well, that interesting, you know?
2: Remember, it's remember when a, Cam came up to the line of scrimmage and he said, Hey, you got, you got this play? Oh, you, you've seen this on film? Well, watch this. That was one of the greatest moments of any of those things. Omaha, Peyton Manning at the line of scrimmage, one of the great mysteries in NFL history. And it's just these tiny little small things that they barely sneak into a broadcast that become these great moments over the years. Why not blow that up and see what this thing's capable of in a year where you have the ability to do so for free?
1: Did they they become... Phenomenons Did Omaha become a phenomenon, though, because it was the one time out of a million that we got to hear what was actually on the field and we focused on it? Exactly. I do think that there's a possibility, and I know first base, they always say first baseman in Major League Baseball, what are you talking about over there? I guarantee 95% of the conversations are super boring. I know, oh, man, yeah. hey, good hit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, and so they, they you, there is going to be need to be some curating but I I think there's obviously some room for for a little bit more uh, access to the to the players on the field to what they're saying because that will be the reality. You will hear that. If you're on the field, even if you're not trying to highlight what the people are saying, what the coaches, what the players are saying, just by nature of no one else being in the building, I think you will hear some of that. So don't shy away from if you pick up some of it, you maybe don't have to explicitly go and, and look for it. I think you'll you'll pick some of that up. Jack, I do we, want to ask We've never you,
2: had, hold on real quick. We've never had access like that. So, so to act like we've seen yeah. this before or experienced or felt this, it would be a, a, a bold face lie. We have no clue what it's like to have eight offensive stars mic'd up and have that communication, or to have a 25, 30-second delay where we can pick golden nugget moments. We've never done that before. And, and truthfully, I think that everything that we've seen from the XFL, from all these leagues, everybody's going, we want more access. We want to know what it's really like. And it might not be cool to Corey, who's been in the huddle and experienced it and lived it, but maybe it would be cool to Joe Smith, who never has. No, you so got I think you have to let that roll, let that breathe in every way you can. No, I think what you should do is like the
0: players have to play. Right. So what I would say is let the players put together a (laughs) mixtape and then allow them because like it's almost like a pickup game when you're playing like, you know, let's go. You go into an open gym, right? Like your high school open gym and you have all the alumni come back. You guys are just running like what's playing. You got rap. You got rock, whatever you know is your, your taste. That's a fun environment. And you get to watch guys play music and you can still hear them talk trash. Like, I think that would be kind of fun. And the players get to pump up and they're like, oh, I just listened to Gunna's new album. You know, I listened to Baby's new album. All that stuff is really cool. I think that could be, I could. that's different. It's fun. It's, it's interesting and the players would love it.
2: Would it not be cool to hear Aaron Rodgers give the exact play call inside the huddle? I'm talking about the exact word for word play call and then hear the broadcaster sit there and tell you what it meant 20 seconds after it happened. Mm-hmm. It's all these things that we've never thought about before with a broadcast that I think we now have every excuse to think about. And then once the world goes back to normal, we steal all these things that happened from Corona 2020 and we implement them because we had a free excuse to try them right now.
1: There's another level too. And it could be that you still want the reaction because that is a big part of going to a game is you feel like you're part of this the real reaction, communal, communal experience. So exactly. So you could do a real reaction via zoom and that's not going to be as good or anything like <laughs> yeah. that but here hold on so here here's fred Godelli, executive producer of sunday night football uh oh, he did uh, an interview with usa today he said as a live producer artificial anything doesn't really sound or feel right to me so he's in the jack collinsworth camp uh, but at this smart point man. we have the luxury Best of keeping everything on the table he had another quote in there and where is it here it is um, the possibility of working with a tech company to develop an app that would allow fans to cheer from their phones. So, Jack, that would placate you because it would be authentic. Um, and who knows, maybe it could cut into some uh, some homes across the country of people jumping up and down and high five on their family uh, in quarantine. At least that would be authentic and it, it would be different. It would be it would be trying to innovate in this
2: 2020 era. I mean, are you going to cut live into living rooms across the country and, and air live whatever may be said? From they those do that already. Rooms?
1: Hey, you don't know what a fan's going to do in the stadium. We've seen that before.
2: But you can true. It's it's just no matter what sounds like blah 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 blah, blah blah blah. That's true. No, what if you and what if the app is brilliant. like?
0: Um, do you remember those things in basketball where they have like the little noise meters and it's like the the artificial thing that goes up and down, right? Yeah. What if you look at the app like that, where it's maybe it's like a press to click. And everyone's like, you know, watching the game and they're like hitting it. And then that then registers to an actual meter, which will then raise and lower the volume in real time.
1: You have a pre-recorded cheer and you can press it when you get excited.
0: And then everyone who's watching the game, it's like a, you know, it's like a live chat room in a sense or whatever. Like, you know, I don't know how technology works. I'm not like a genius or anything. But I would say that like as far as app, everyone's around the country or the world pressing it. And it's getting massively loud right before a bit like a PK. To me, that's authentic. It allows fan engagement and participation. You can see your impact on the game in real time. You have the ability that Jack is worried about this whole issue with communication. And I play, like I said, in front of fake crowd noise, and you still can't hear anything. So it still gives you that same element. I think that's mm. probably a, a realistic solution.
1: Hmm. You'd actually have the crowd noise in the stadium,
2: and it can be controlled via home. Invent it. So actually, have them have it in the stadium, just like a low dull roar throughout the course of the game? Does it get louder? Does it get softer? Like, is that, I don't, I don't, is it for the players? Like I I always took the whole added crowd noise element as for the fans at home to feel like the world's not crumbling to its core. Like there's some sense of normalcy. Oh, there's football. And also we hear some buzz of fake crowd noise. Like that was what it sounded like when Joe Buck initially came out and raised this whole idea. But from the very second I heard it, I thought it sounded fake. I thought it sounded inauthentic. And I thought it sounded the complete opposite of everything 2020 is. People want to know what's real. They want to feel it. They want to feel like they're there. They want to feel like they know you. They want to I want to feel like they, they know your presented form of yourself. They want to know your real form of yourself. And I think all, all of the factors we're talking about allows the NFL and all these production companies and you know NBC, ESPN, Fox, CBS to experiment and push the envelope in ways that they never before could. And I, I hope that we do that without trying to recreate what already was because I, th- I thought it already could have been improved uh if we had a little little leniency and freedom to press
1: game broadcast for the longest time and, and they say don't fix what ain't broken and for a lot of time i mean the game broadcasts aren't broken you just want to watch the game you don't necessarily need all the bells and whistles although when we've gotten them throughout the years the first down marker from fed Godelli, that's been a huge innovation so i think you're i Very think big. you're right you, you got to take this, uh, this opportunity with with everything and, and sports teams and sports broadcasters included to think what what's the next step? This is a chance to reevaluate what we're doing. I thought that was an interesting point, Corey, that, that you brought up and Jack, you as well, um, about you know what this is going to feel like for a fan. So say, and we've talked about it before on, on this podcast. You know, some stadiums may allow in if they're a hundred thousand capacity, they may allow in twenty thousand fans and you may separate them and, and do some social distancing. But Corey, it's like would you want to go if you were if that was gonna be the situation? Because a lot of times a stadium of a hundred thousand fans only feels really cool when there's ninety to a hundred thousand fans there. If there's twenty or thirty, yes. <laughs> feels like you might as well just be back home and the atmosphere is dead. What what do you guys think about that?
0: I am This is, yes. This is my whole question. Everyone's talking about, like, how do we get back into sports, how we get fans back into the stadium. And I think that is probably the most urgent question. But, you know, we're on a podcast. We have the luxury to think, what if scenarios like 20 steps down the road? If I'm a fan, I don't even want to go to a game where there's no other fans there. Like, it's all about the atmosphere. Like, this is something that Jack brought up. Forget, you know, being a player. Those are certain elements that you want fans for to, you know, shift the mood of the game so you can actually... You know, have advantages home advantage but if you're a fan you want to be a part of the electricity that's going around in the arena and if it's like you know you have your feet up on the row in front of you because entirely em- you know, it's empty and you can't high five anybody you can't leave your seat you got to order food that's brought to you there's no one within any type of distance to you it's going to be like shuffled murmurs it's going to be worse than the fake crowd noise it's going to be like all these displaced murmurs here or there. It's, i mean mm-hmm. i've been to games that are like you know I, empty stadiums or like, you know, like an afternoon, like A at Staten Island for like a minor league game. And I'm enjoying myself because I can like have a nice day and walk around. But if I'm not even able to do that, I mean, I'll I stay at home.
2: Yeah. I mean, exactly. we started the whole podcast, like the first whatever it's been 15 minutes was all about the idea that it would be an empty stadium and it's not going to be, I mean, I, that's just what, that's just what everything I'm hearing. It's not going to be an empty stadium. I think it's possible it's close to a full stadium. I think mm. it's likely it's twenty to 30,000 people, depending on where this thing is in four months from now. Um, but I think there's an easy, natural way to do this thing. And I, I think the way you do it is that you you open it up a few hours before kickoff, which they already do, maybe a little bit more just to play it safe. You fill the first rows first. It's mostly season ticket holders are going to get their first rights at this tickets. Predominantly, that is families. So they're already been exposed to each other. They already live with each other. So you sit them together, you create six feet, you sit another family beside them. It's your season ticket holders, your most loyal customers. And then you fill the stadium upward. And then when you exit the game afterwards, you exit in the same way. Back rows first, and then you slowly exit everyone out so that nobody's exposed in or out of the stadium. Uh, and I think you have a, a, a you know a natural crowd noise of 20 30,000 people. Is it the same? No. Is it a compromise and you're still making some revenue off ticket sales? Hell yeah, it is. Hmm.
1: I, that's I- that's it. Yeah. Go ahead, Corey.
0: I was saying, I think the only way that could work in my personal opinion is if you just block off half the stadium. Right. And you say, yeah,
2: look, we're going to, we're going to say just, like, yeah, yeah, just okay. like how they have to the fight for LA things. Cause they can't sell any tickets in LA. Yeah. 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 Same yeah. deal. Gotcha. Okay. That they're makes more way sense ahead of me. the game. They've been way ahead
0: of the game. <laughs> that makes, that yeah, makes a little been, more sense to been me practicing this.
1: Um, yeah. You know what? Will the demand be there? Yes. Will Will it be the same? No. But like you said before, 2020, nothing is the same right now. Yep. Uh, and so you take what you can get. I'm not even a person who is, I'm a homebody. I stay at home a lot. I I don't venture outdoors unless I really need to, even before all this happened. But just the other day, we, I, me and my family got two young kids. We took a walk in our downtown center. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this feels so good <laughs> Just mm-hmm. to, to be outside in public. There was no one around. And if there was, we'd dart by them six feet away. Um, but you're right. There there will be the, the desire to get back into a stadium, even if it's nowhere near uh, what it's like before. I, I agree. And I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, how the protocols – are in place for fans like what do they need to do are they all wearing masks jack and and how yeah. do they accept that
2: yeah i if you can pull up that mask picture i know you're the master yeah. creator on this thing hold on yeah um you, you yeah, what yeah. it made me think of just a little bit is you guys remember in playoffs there's the picture uh that's a cool mask that that makes me feel like this guy's a tough, gritty, angry yeah. competitor. It just sort of feels like this football meets Halloween cool vibe to me. And, and all of a sudden you're going to have those 30,000 fans we were describing go, all of a sudden masks don't seem like they're something that I'm wearing that's a white protective something I'd walk into a hospital with. Now I look like a tough Philadelphia Eagles fan. So I think the branding of masks and the branding of of people who wear them is so key and we've already off to we're already off to a bad start with regard to that truthfully uh Mm -hmm. but if the nfl can sort of fix that narrative and you have thirty thousand fans six feet apart and they're wearing masks in and out of the stadium first of all it's going to look so cool on tv if you're cutting to these shots of all these fans and they look like that i mean it's going to be all time uh and and so i I think that's a safety thing that also can create a cool a cool visual for for fans at home
0: it's going to be like tim burden uh does football, you know, it's gonna be like a yeah. know, Tim Burton movie, just all like Halloween out. But like, I think in New York and Brooklyn, like, there's all these really cool like small companies making, you know, interesting masks, and they have like designer companies as well, like Louis Vuitton, all them making different types of masks that are interesting. Like the designer masks and stuff, I get that, and I do think it would be interesting as like a fan thing to be able to participate and say, you know, like I get to wear my team mask. That's pretty cool. I could definitely see that being like a huge thing in the audience. But once again, like, I I just don't think. Um, I don't think the fan experience would be the same. I mean, think about trying to exit out of the arena after a few libations, right? Like, like that's gonna be not—it's not gonna be as orderly as you think, you know. Uh, a Is a libation of beer? What's a libation? Any alcoholic beverage, you know. Yeah, oh, I've never heard that word in my entire life. Okay. Well, yeah, we, we do that in those in those Greek philosophy classes I took in college. See, but yeah, man, it's the just one's like I couldn't uh, get into. That's that's my main core right there. Big brain over here. Nah, libation. man. But, I'm going
2: to just to sound like you, bro.
0: whatever but I I do say this though Jack I think it'd be tough because like think about like trying to exit out of an arena right like after after four hours five hours of tailgating and watching a game no one's going to be as orderly and and then social distancing policies go out the window even like what we saw professionals on the golf course they're still high you know uh high-fiving each other fist bumping each other they're still like getting close to each other um Mm -hmm. and they're sober and you know and that's like you said that's one of the most naturally socially distant sports so I just think as a fan, I, I don't know if it's ever going to be. I don't know. I don't think it will be the same. It's
1: oh, it's, it's sure. going to be hard. Yeah. How do you. Yeah. Everything will think think be enjoyable. Now. That's
0: my thing. It's like, I don't even know unless you're that sports starved. Like if you're talking to like a such a desperate audience. where so there's like, we'll do anything yeah. that's yep. different.
2: I think Ahmed made a great point on that, which is people are stir crazy, man. And we're so any excuse you can have to go on the boat or to take a walk. I'm taking like four (laughs) bike rides a day. I'm like a you know I'm like a 70 year old grandpa or something right now or a a middle school. I'm just like doing anything I can. I'm taking four walks and I'm taking four bike rides. It's this totally new life, but I got to say, there's some weird element of enjoyment that you find in in sort of transitioning your day-to-day. I don't know what it is. So if
1: this is correct, like if this is what you have to do to be able to get out and enjoy an NFL football game or any sporting sporting event, then you're going to do it. And if you can have your team colors on at the same time. The only problem is once you get in the stadium, you've already seen some of those videos floating around from Costco where people refuse, and then you got to fight. You've got to cut that out because it's just if everyone can comply with whatever the rules are in that stadium, then we can all have a have a fun time and give the double thumbs up uh, like this guy (laughs) right here. Uh, I agree. And this is something real quick, guy, that I talked about one time before. uh, Unrelated, related. Man, I wish we had some stadiums that didn't have all those empty seats for for a moment just like this. And I don't know how long it would take to construct just a field, um, but maybe it's something you think down in the future. It's like, okay, we're going to have three venues for every sport that we've built with the thought in mind that there will be no fans there. We're going to build it as cool for TV and visually appealing as possible. Here's the field of dreams in Iowa, where they actually Mm -hmm. were going to play a game this year, White Sox and Yankees. I think it was going to be in August. Um, It wasn't going to be on the field, but they're going to construct one right next to it. How cool is that? And then you don't have all those empty seats. And so I don't know. Maybe it's a maybe it's an idea that would have been better a year for 2019 for right now and will never apply in the future. But I think it'd be kind of cool to construct these these arenas just for TV only. What do you guys think?
2: I, I agree. I mean, I, it reminds me a bit of those, uh, like the outdoor hockey classics. It's like you, you tune yeah. in and it's the spectacle just grabs your attention. You cannot even be a hockey fan. And I'm like, they wait, they're playing hockey and it's like 65 degrees outside. How, how the hell does this work? I mean, what kind of refrigeration <laughs> system we have underneath this thing keeping this ice cold? I just don't get it. Uh, uh, I need that in my cooler when I go back and have one of my whatever those <laughs> were. Corey was describing it. What was, what libation. Was it? L- libation. 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 Yeah, When my li- keeping my libations cold. That's gonna be the name of this
0: podcast: Libation. <laughs> All things libations.
1: The uh, <laughs> Corey. Corey. The uh, the opposite of that is to take a sports arena and turn it into a movie theater. So you just yeah. take something that normally houses sports and you repurpose it right now.
0: So I think I think both these things can work together. See, I'm mad yeah. Jack. I love y'all's points because right now, um, I've been thinking a lot about this actually. Like during times of crisis, you know, people are looking for like comfort things, right? Comfort foods or um, like we want sports because that's something that is just so essential to our national identity. It's something that gives us great joy. It's something that I think is comforting. But one of the things that I think we're kind of neglecting is this idea of nostalgia. And I think that just growing up and going outside and going to the ballpark with your friends, like playing basketball in their neighborhood, you know what I'm saying? Like these are things that everyone can identify with, like just playing like backyard sports. And I feel like this idea of this multiple field of dreams, like this could work out so well because you're just bringing people back to what sports is all about. Right. And that kind of like really like, just good wholesome content of just people playing and competing and and you could have people just like at duke there's this really great uh, the baseball arena there uh they have a lawn and everyone just lays out on the lawn and you can just watch the baseball and that's nice natural social distancing they do that i think at the um at wimbledon too there was this little like patch of grass where you could like kind of sit down and watch games mm. i think that could be really nice people just like having picnics at the little field of dream just watching baseball that to me would bring it right
2: back home to what this is all about right what people are craving I agree. It's it's the sense of community, man. It's, and, and in a large part, it's not even so much about we're making a, a big deal about being at games and attending games live. The reality is that was already going down. 2019 was the lowest attendance year since back to 04 for the National Football League. So that's fewer people showing up to games than ever. It's really more about showing up to work or showing up to Zoom work or whatever work winds up being by September and having something to talk about, having a, having a, a common ground. Uh, to where you can start your work conversation on something fun, some some funny moment from a fan or a great moment in the fourth quarter or, or a funny commercial in the third. Whatever it is, it just gives people this common ground. And, and as fragmented as the world has become, we're all watching a zillion different TV shows. There's no one American or There's no one thing that everyone tunes in for anymore. And sports are really the only last surviving thing that is that. And so I think giving some people something where we can all grab onto the same life raft at once and share a conversation about it, it has a little bit of magic to it still.
1: People congregate around the internet and watch all things dot, dot, dot with Jack and Corey and Amit. No, but, you, but you're right. It's like we're losing those shared experiences uh, here in America, all across the world. Although it's funny because I, I cover rugby and I was talking to Alex Corbesero former English rugby player, And they still have that in England where multiple times a year, it'll be a six nations rugby match where the whole Mm. country tunes in. There'll be an English football soccer match there. The whole nation will tune in and sports is you're right. That, that last thing, you know, Academy Awards perhaps is up there too, but not, not quite like the Super Bowl and, and everything else like that. So how do you, how do you continue to bring everyone together if they're apart? And I think we've seen some of the, technology lacking in that respect it's obviously not going to feel the same it's like oh we'll hang out on zoom as opposed to all being in the same room and having a super bowl party maybe down the road we get some virtual reality augmented reality that makes it actually feel a little bit better to be uh, apart but together so sports can still do that
0: yeah and i mean i think you can do you could just take kind of notes from movie screenings in like in public parks right like you could have people you could scream uh stream games like at you know central park And just have like a little um, uh, projector and a projector screen. And everyone can have their little lawn mats and blankets and have a picnic and watch the Yankees play.
1: You know, like to me, the six foot circle around everyone, six foot
0: circle. And you could just like, you could sell it out in theory, right? Like you could have like ticketing entrances. Like that's what they do when in Central Park, when they have massive concerts. So I I think in in my perspective, there are other ways around us that aren't in the stadium. And that's why I think hard rock stadium is such a fascinating idea of, when you're not playing football there, like what can you do there? And the drive-in movie theater is once again that's coming back to essential car culture. That's coming back to like old-school Americana. That's just beautiful, being able to be with people but have privacy, um, and that and it just hit a nostalgia. Like I just want to go to the movie theater. So I think that there the, all of these things can work yeah. together to create different revenue opportunities for these leagues and for these uh, you know stadiums um, that can still provide authentic
2: fan experiences. Mm-hmm. And I got to imagine that, that from so you sort of have the state level, right? So all of these individual states are going to have to sign off on things. And and there's it's not only going to the games and stuff. Like you got to think about the tailgates That's that also creates that community. Now, back to the libation, that's a whole other issue that you have to worry about and, and a less controllable issue. Now, people go to the bars before games. People go to restaurants before games. People go to restaurants after games, bars after games, all of the things that happen after that. And after a few drinks and, and now in May and probably more so the last three months before we got to the end of May, really, as we entered June, we were really good about social distancing. We were really smart about how we did this. Now, Memorial Day weekend showed that we can be not so smart, too. And, and I, I've driven by some bars and I've seen the way that they're doing things and the way they're trying to separate and the way that they're trying to do all this. Now, is that fade over the summer? If that, Let's say the coronavirus numbers go down and let's say the social distancing fades. And now let's say there's some return when we get back to the fall. Are we going to be able to flip that switch right back on? Or as a civilization, is it too far gone? I mean, I, I think all of those questions, the reality is that we're so far away. I mean, it's like over yeah. four months, so much is going to change. Uh, and so having the conversation right now is, is honestly just it's tough knowing that many variables still exist. All we have to do, Jack, and it's easy, just all get on the same page. If we
1: can just all get on the same page in America in 2020, we're going to be good. So it's like snap of the fingers. Uh so let's guys you want to reminisce real quick back to when there back to when there were crowds and uh some of the some of the best environments. Uh some of the loudest environments out there. I was just doing a little perusing on the internet. So this isn't the nostalgia part of it, Corey, where it's like, "Oh, let's let's think back to when times were good and people could go to games." I just um, got
2: chills, man. That makes no sense. You talked about big crowds <laughs> what? and parties at games, and I got chills. I mean, I give you some idea how long this quarantine's been. So,
1: I, I've never been there, but it has the Guinness Book of World Records for loudest stadium, Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. Jack, have you been there? I never have. No? I never have. No. Don't worry. Neither have I. But
0: uh, I feel like the NFL arena that I'd want to go to is Buffalo
1: oh buffalo you know
0: what i'm saying i feel like that's because that's the one i feel like it's not necessarily about how loud a place gets and because you know like i I grew up going to games like kyle field That's 100,000 plus sure but it's not about the thing that makes kyle field special is the 12th man you know like those those, everyone in the crowd knows what to say when to say it everyone's swaying everyone's involved so it's almost like i'd rather have a smaller arena that has better like or just like a crazy fan base than like
1: a really loud place
0: because i don't think loudness is a is as compelling.
1: I had that vanity. in uh, in Oakland. Mm. Oakland, the A's had that. Not many fans. They're they're far and few between, but they're loud. And out there in the bleachers, they uh, they make a ton of noise. I, I think you're right. That's that's a unique atmosphere. But still, nothing compares to the to the loud stadiums. Jack, what's the what's the loudest venue you've ever been in?
2: When when they had the first night game at Michigan, and Corey can attest to this as well. My I, hearing bro, stories from my brother too. He said that when they ran out for the opening kickoff, it was the first time that they put in lights, so it was the first night game ever at the big house, I think, right, uh, if I'm remembering that's Yeah, first right? yeah. And he said he ran out there, he was on kickoff, and the opening kickoff, and he's standing there, and they sort of do, like, the whole thing, getting ready to run down the field. And he's he's like, my feet are shaking. And all of a sudden, I'm going, like, am I nervous? Like, I've never I've been nervous all year for a kickoff. I know it's a big house, but what's going on? And he looks down at the ground, and the whole ground is trembling like this, like it's an earthquake. Wow. And that was hundred ten thousand whatever plus and yeah. just you know fired up to be there at nighttime
1: and Michigan doesn't always get that loud. I feel like it's sometimes like very quiet wine and mm-hmm. cheese hundred thousand so it was it's cool to see them all them all go crazy uh, For me this was so weird so it was back when I was working in Michigan and I was covering Michigan State basketball. We traveled around just a little bit I't had heard nothing about this arena before I went in there to this day still the most my ears have hurt after leaving it. Uh, the Kohl Center in Wisconsin watching the really? Badgers play there. I don't know what it was, if it's the design of the the building, but I got out of there and my ears were ringing for at least like 30 minutes afterwards. Probably very wow. dangerous.
2: I think yeah. that's real with the design of the stadium, though. The, the Seahawks Stadium out there in Seattle yes, has that sort of where the, the stadium sort of over arcs the crowd just a little mm. bit on the side, yep. wings, the sounds ability to escape and just sort of echoes right back down in there. And I think that the 12th man knows it too. Yeah, there's a great shot of it. how so it wow. just holds that sound in there. There's really nowhere yeah. for it to escape to. Uh, and that 12th crowd knows it. So then they crank it up even louder. And back to Corey's point, I think they're really smart about knowing when sound can really affect an offense.
0: Yeah. I, th- I think for me that the two, the two coolest experiences, fan experiences in general, one is the, the um, hockey games at Notre Dame at Compton, Mm. they were just spectacular i will never forget those games and after every time uh the irish scored a goal uh, everyone in the entire crowd would chant you let the whole team down <laughs> and it was like but it, it would just like roar for minutes and everyone was just like pointing at the goalie you let the whole team down and i was like this is so intimidating <laughs> i was like i would hate to play here. It was one of the coolest experiences, and I love being a fan of Compton. So that's probably my favorite, like, loudest venue that I've been to because it's very tiny and packed. But I think the most respectful crowd and the most, like, top up chills. I, I went to Wimbledon uh, for the first Ooh. time. Mm-hmm. And Wimbledon is like, even the approach to Wimbledon, because it's like an hour and a half outside of London. So you have to, like, take a train and you get there, and it's all hallowed ground and it feels hallowed. There's, like, no advertisements, no TVs, and you go into the arena, and it's just, Like everyone's wearing hats and blazers and women are wearing dresses and it's almost like being transported a hundred years in the past. And you can hear the tennis ball hit the grass. Like you can like when like everyone's so respectful, like the guy starts to serve and you could hear every pound and like you can hear his breath. And I was thinking this is the craziest experience
1: ever. It's a different environment at the U.S. Open. York, yeah, the US was a little more fun. <laughs> a little more raucous. It's like that with golf. I I've said for years, I love those events. There was one in Michigan, the Buick Open for years where I, I forget what hole it was, it was a part of 3, I think 16. It was just loud the whole time basically. And I'm like, "Man, that's such a better environment, but the tradition is to to be quiet and to be respectful." In England more more so than than other places, I guess.
2: Did, did you guys not come away watching the match too? Did, did you guys anybody see the match too with Tiger and Phil yep. and Peyton and and mm-hmm. Tom? Uh, I was just reading today that they're they're talking about making that an annual thing, where Phil and Tiger will just bring on two new athletes yeah. every year and they'll just run it back. I mean, I think it's Why making would they so not? Much money and drawing in so much viewers. Why would you not? Um, yeah. I think they're going to do that. But I I thought that really marked a, a best case scenario of the power of a crowdless broadcast if that makes any Mm -hmm. sense. We finally found, and and partly because you have some of the best characters ever in the history of sport. Uh, I mean, those are, those are some big names that understand the entertainment value with the game. But if we, if we have guys like reality TV, I think the first few weeks you're going to go, this is a little eerie is a little strange. You guys are a little uncomfortable and they're afraid to have a Sam Darnold gotcha moment. But once we get past those first couple of weeks, uh, just like on a reality TV set, how guys get more comfortable and all of a sudden they're themselves. I think that that progression will will now start to become the match-two-esque and, mm. and we may unlock a new, a new era of sport. I'd love it. All right, guys, well
1: done. That is all things crowds. There's nothing else to discuss. We covered it all in about <laughs> half an hour. Uh, Corey, Jack, well done. We'll do it again uh, soon. I don't know. We'll have to start brainstorming other topics now but on your thinking caps.
2: Give it about 48 hours and there'll be something new. Great scene. Okay. <laughs> okay. Later. Till next time. Peace.